Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. So if the inward man is, is being renewed by day by day, but this outward thing is perishing, the flower of our beauty externally is going to fade. But what's inside? When your wife, finally, when you're 60, 70, 80 years old, and you've been married for 30 or 40 years, after the flower of youth has failed, both of you, do you still love each other? Do you still have that flame in your heart for each other? Thank you for tuning in to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob summarizes the characteristics of a godly wife in Peter's epistle. Peter emphasizes how a wife should not only be presentable on the outside, but also on the inside. Peter uses the words, incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Peter reminds us that this is very precious in the sight of God. If you are a woman who is a follower of Jesus Christ, you must remember, no matter what this world shows you, you are a daughter of the Almighty God, and you deserve to be treated that way. Let's join Pastor Rob with today's message. What is about your life that is just, I don't know what it is, but I'm attracted to what you have, because I don't have it. There's something, there's a dynamic about your life that is very different from mine. What is it? And you can say, well, it's Jesus. It's Jesus Christ. So when they observe your chaste conduct, the idea is actions speak louder than words. People can say anything, but until it results or is demonstrated by action, it is just that. It's just talk. Let's walk the walk, not just talk the talk. Because ladies, if you have a, a husband that is not a Christian, maybe you got saved, You both, both of you were got married when you were unsaved, and then you get saved. Win him to Christ, not by constantly preaching at him, but by being the very best example to him. And it may take some time, but by prayer and the example, he will crack. He will crack like an egg. He's going to see, even though he's been kind of maybe not so kind to you when he comes home from work, and yet you still are there and you're helping him, wanting to encourage him. You know, you're still taking care of the laundry, attending to his needs and having dinner ready and encouraging him and all those things, and, and even though you're a bonehead, she's still doing these things. Eventually, he's just going to shake his head and go, man, there's just something I'm missing. <laughs> what is it? Verse 3, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing of gold, or putting on of fine apparel. Rather, let it be of the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. This word adornment is literally the Greek word cosmos. 
it's cosmos. It's it, it. It literally means the uh, the harmonious arrangement, the the constitution, the order, the ornaments, decorations, and it speaks of the heavenly host. You look at the you look up in the sky on a clear night, especially if you're out in the Adirondacks or someplace where there's no lights around, and you look up and it just seems like everything is just popping out. You can see the Milky Way galaxy practically. You know, you can you look and you just see all these wonderful things. It's order. It's arrayed beautifully. And ladies, that's the way you're to be arrayed. In the inner man. Certainly in the outward, you know, but don't let the outward outweigh the inward. In our culture, there's so much emphasis about the external and not the internal. There's a glaring disproportion here. I've known men who have married really beautiful women, models, beautiful ladies. On the outside, everything looks great. Wow. You know, their eyes are this big around. Every, all the other guys are like, wow, that's your wife. And unfortunately, not always, but sometimes, this person has no morals. This woman has no morals. She has no real personality. She's so rough around the edges that as soon as she speaks, you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Have you met people like that? Men too. They got all the package. The outward package is there. And then you just, you have a conversation with them, and you're like, got to go now. (laughs) Right? Because beauty is nothing. Outward beauty is fleeting. It's fading. It's here today and gone tomorrow. Beauty is only skin deep, we've heard. Physical beauty. But down deep is where the real beauty is for a Christian woman. That's where the real beauty is. That's, where, that's what needs to come out even more so. It doesn't mean that you have to not wear makeup and all that stuff, but even challenge yourself, ladies, about why am I doing this? Why am I wearing the form-fitting clothing? And why, do I, my, why does my face look like a birthday cake? Why does my hair just so? <laughs> Glad you like that. All the ladies are going to meet me with knives afterwards. Don't you better take it back. No, but ask yourself, honestly, there's nothing wrong with looking modest and beautiful. God has made you that way. You don't have to, you know, be plain and drab and, and put on some kind of false sense of humility. No, you can, but be careful. Be careful, ladies. You, it's your responsibility to be careful. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, In like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with propriety and moderation. Not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. Ladies, you have a responsibility to dress modestly. You know, why, why incite the desire of a man and then punish him when he responds? Isn't that what's happening in our culture? Women dress to the nines. They dress to kill, if I can use that word. And then when a man looks at her, she's like, harassment. It's like, well, you, you need to look in the mirror. Are you inciting him? It's good for the ego. All these guys are looking at me. I, I get it. Because men do the same thing. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. You know, it's like putting candy in front of a, putting a lollipop in front of a two-year-old. Unwrapped. A blow pop. The really good one with the bubble gum in the middle. You put that in front of a two-year-old, and say and, and just see what he does. What is he going to do? He's going to reach out and grab it. I like that. 
You're inciting. Be very careful on what you do. But our, our culture, it enables lust and then it punishes it. This is what our culture has promoted. Ladies, be a part of the solution and not part of the problem. Verse 4, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of God. You remember in 1 Samuel chapter 16 when Samuel was going to Jesse and God had told him that one of, one of Jesse's sons is going to be anointed king. And certainly Samuel, as he's there, and they bring all his seven sons or six of them before Samuel. Samuel looks at Eliab. He's the oldest one, the most handsome. He must be the one. And what did God say to him? He said, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart, and so should we. We're so hooked on the physical. And why? Because all of our advertising is dependent upon it. Advertising, selling a car. Can you sell a car? Can you sell a muscle car? Can you sell a Mustang without a woman in the picture? It's not possible in our culture. I'm frustrated by this because I think God has something better for you ladies. I think he has something way better for you. You've been dealt a bill of goods and we've all eaten it. And aren't you a daughter of the king? Shouldn't your life, your representation of yourself be fitting of that of a daughter of the king? And most of you are, and I'm so thankful. You know, I don't see any, you know, you you get my point. I'm not... In this building, you know, most of the ladies, they're very careful about that stuff. Got to be careful. But show, ladies, the, and demonstrate the inner man, the inner godly character, and don't let our culture push those empty, corrupt, perverse values on you any longer. Resist them. See them for what they are. You're just bait. You're just an object. You, are you sick of being feeling like an object? You ought to be. Because God has something better for you. Something way better. Because he loves you. He doesn't want you treated like that. The responsibility lies on men and women. It's not just ladies. Guys, we need to do the same thing. Therefore, do not lose heart, Paul says to the Corinthians, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So if the inward man is, is being renewed by day by day, but this outward thing is perishing... The flower of our beauty externally is going to fade, but what's inside? When your wife, finally, when you're 60, 70, 80 years old, and you've been married for 30 or 40 years after the flower of youth has failed, both of you, do you still love each other? Do you still have that flame in your heart for each other? There was a couple that used to sit right where um, Lowell and Patty are. They, they used to sit here. Um, I don't know if you remember Rick and Bunny Marini. They were wonderful, amazing. They've been married like 60 years. They've been married like 60, what, 65 years, something crazy like that. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even 50 yet. And they've been married longer than I've been alive. They're practically chewing each other's food. You chew and I'll swallow. You start the sentence, I'll finish the sentence. They were, and then they'd walk hand in hand down the aisle, and I'm just like, man, would it give us a lesson on marriage? <laughs> you know, there it is. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. For in this manner, verse 5, 
In former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. And as Sarah obeyed Abraham and called him Lord, whose daughter you are if you are good and are not afraid with any terror. Uh, I'm just going to read for you for the sake of time because we're rapidly running out of time. Uh, You can write the reference down, Genesis 18. We're going to look at the first 15 verses really quick. And it's speaking of this verse, chapter 18, Genesis. It says, Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre, speaking of the Lord appeared to Abraham. And as he was sitting in the front uh, tent door in the heat of the day, he lifted up his eyes and he looked and beheld three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them. He bowed himself to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought. We'll wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that you may pass, inasmuch as you have come to your servant. And they said, Do as you have said. So Abraham, verse 6, hurried into the tent to Sarah. And he said, Quickly make three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a tender and good calf, gave it to the young man, and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf, which he prepared, and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree as they ate. And then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, Here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. She's very old now. Abraham is really old. They're way past their childbearing years. In the natural, not possible. But with God, all things are possible. So Sarah was listening in the tent door when she was, which was behind him. And now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself. Within herself she laughed, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure in my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Notice the Lord didn't go to Sarah and just open the tent and say, um, why, why did you laugh? No, he goes to the head. He goes to Abraham and says, um, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, I shall... Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And at the time appointed, I will return, and according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied that she laughed, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And God said to her, No, but you did laugh. You did laugh. But notice again, God going to to Abram, Abraham first. And notice where Sarah was, too. She was helping him. She was a helpmeet. So ladies, be encouraged. Be submissive to your husbands. In all things, except for those things that may be illegal or if if you are undergoing and being abused, you need to get out of there. It doesn't mean that you're a doormat, that you can just, he can walk on you and just continually berating you and beating you and and saying horrible things to you. You can separate. You can get away and let him think about it. You don't have to stay in that situation and undergo any kind of physical abuse or mental or emotional abuse. But let God work on him. But be submitted to him. He will answer before God, just as God, just as Abram, just as Adam answered before God. They were the heads of their home. God didn't go to the woman and say, you know, He went to Adam. He went to Abram. 
Finally, in verse 7, it says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. The idea here is living with them according to understanding. It's, it's, it's knowledge, knowledge about them, um, a deep knowledge. How do you know your wife? What do you know about her? Do you know she likes certain things? Do, do you know that there's buttons that if you push, she's going to get angry? Stay away from those buttons. Are there things that you do that irritate her? Then it would behoove you to look at those things and stop doing them. Do you know her heart more than just what she says? When you're out in public and she says, no, it's okay if we stay, in your heart you know she's saying, it's time to go home. Do you know beyond the nonverbal communication when, you're, when you can't be honest in public? Do you know your wife that well where you can look at her and you, she's talking all the while because there's a guest there and you're getting a different message and you know what that message is? And then you can politely say, you know what, we need to... If you forgive us, we, we, have to, we have to leave at this time. <laughs> That's knowing your wife. Many more things. We don't have time to go into all that. But guys, do you know your wives? Do you, do you dwell with them with understanding and giving honor to her? The idea is, is valuing her, esteeming her as precious. Because that's what she is to you. That's why Sarah, her name was princess. That's what God gave her. Her name was princess. And you're to treat her like a princess. I endeavor to treat my wife more like that. I don't always. But I need to. I need to value her, to esteem her. Higher than myself. The weaker vessel. Not that she's weaker in the sense of she's not as good as I am. She could be more intelligent than I am. She could be more gifted than I am. And by the way, she is. She's not stronger than me physically. I mean, I can arm wrestle and I'll put her down. If we do do, the, if we do, do that, I'll put that on YouTube and you guys can Facebook or something. Going down. Has nothing to do with any of that. God made me. He made men with a frame. Some said men are made for war. <laughs> I think it's true. We're meant for the harder things. To grab the door off the hinges and run up the hill. You meet women differently. They're more delicate. They're more precious. And guys, do we treat them that way? Do we embrace these differences, these distinctions between men and women? Or are we jealous of each other? I'm not jealous of my wife in that sense, but, you know, um, you know ladies, you, you may be jealous of some kind of authority that your, man, your husband has. And you want to have that authority. You want a piece of that pie. Resist it. Be his support. Be his aid. And by doing so, you are going to be submitting to God. Because if you say, I submit to God, but you don't submit to your husband, you're doing neither. Isn't that true? Because if we're submitting to God, we're going to submit to what he says. But that doesn't mean, guys, that you treat her wrongfully. You've got to be the most spiritual man, especially as a Christian man. Love her. Treat her well. Cherish her. Give her no reason to feel like she's a, a, a threat. Don't give her, don't treat her in a way that is going to 
diminish her. It's something we all need to do. I believe every one of us, no matter how good your marriage is, it could be better. Mine could be too. I need to submit to those things. My wife needs to submit to those things. And folks, all of you need to do the same. So don't let our culture, our culture is running over us. Resist it. Put your foot down, both feet down firmly and say, no more. I am going to make changes today. I'm going to make changes today in this whole thing that I see in front of me that's so wicked and perverse and corrupt. I'm going to make changes today. Make the change today. Ladies, men, how you respond to each other. Guys, get serious. There are plenty of other men who would take that your wife off your hands and treat her much better. Cherish her. Love her. Honor her. Let's finish with one passage here. Sorry to keep you. Ephesians chapter 5. I'm just going to read verses 25 through 33. This is for us, guys. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. He gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Do you see the order? Sounds very simple, and it is in, in theory. Where it gets complicated is in practice. But it's worth pursuing. It's worth digging in. It's worth learning. You know, there's nothing worse than being in a relationship and you stop growing. When you stop growing, things start to deteriorate. Grow together and seek to fight this battle together because you are in a battle. All these things that we talked about this morning, fight them, resist them. You know they're true. And let's do it together, amen? Let's stand and let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this passage of Scripture. Lord, this is a, a very hard thing for all of us to take. Lord, but we do. We need to take your word uh, for truth because it is. And Lord, help us to fight, Lord, the good fight of faith. And Lord, there's so many facets to that. And we just talked about one facet of it today. So please, Lord, help us, Lord. Build and, and encourage these marriages that are represented in this fellowship, Lord. Build and nourish and strengthen these things. And any of the, the walls and any marriage that have been broken down, Father, we pray that you would build them back up again. And, Father, that the men would take the rightful, rightful place as a leader in their home, Lord, not out of uh, some kind of barbaric charisma, Lord, meet with meekness and with gentleness, with a right heart, God. Not lording it over, but being gentle, but being firm and, and doing the right thing prayerfully. So, Lord, help us all to do that, men and women. 
We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in 1 Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.